Uh, if you have a Bible, uh, I'd love you to turn with me, please, the book of Philippians. The book of Philippians, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Philippians. And, and, and uh, I will be reading the bulk of uh, any scripture I really preach from tonight will be New King James, except for this particular uh, portion of what I'm going to read. I'm reading from the Amplified. So if it's a little louder than usual, that's because it's Amplified. But I want to have a look. That's a, that's a Christian joke. They're the worst kind. They're, they're, the, they're not good, but you laugh because you don't want to go to hell. And so... <laughs> exactly. That's right. See, do it. <laughs> oh, Lord, that's awesome. I don't know if that was laughter or a demon manifesting. I think it was a bit of both. Just get out of him in Jesus' name. Leave Byron alone. Uh, he, Philippians chapter 3 and verse 10. Paul's writing, I love this, and I'm so excited about preaching to it. I hope, hope, hope it goes good. So, amen. That's the prayer. That's the prayer. We've prayed for it now. So, Philippians 3 and verse 10. And this, so that I may know him experientially, becoming more thoroughly acquainted with him, Understanding, now this is what I want to take a minute and have a look at. Paul's writing, now this is a, Apostle Paul that knew, I mean, he knew Jesus. Uh, uh, I mean, just as we do, he wasn't around Jesus when Jesus was on earth, but he has had a full encounter with God and a transformation, and he knows God. The Word of God's abundant within him, but he still says, I want to be more thoroughly acquainted with him. And he says, understanding the remarkable wonders of his person more completely. And in that same way, experience the power of His resurrection, which overflows and is active in believers. Do you believe that tonight? And He says that I may share the fellowship of His sufferings by being continually conformed inwardly into His likeness, even to His death, dying as He did, so that I may attain to the resurrection that will raise me from the dead. He says, I want to know more thoroughly the remarkable wonders of his person. In other words, I want to know more of who God is. I want to I want to have a deeper understanding of how he operates, what he's saying, who who he is. Sometimes we can have a and and uh, and I believe as we grow in our walk with God that begins to change, but in many ways we can we can stay in a space where we have a you know a good basic understanding of who God is, but Paul's saying, "I know God, I know his word, but I want to know further wonders. I want to have a greater understanding of who He is, what He does, why He does the things He does, how He moves, how He flows. And so He begins to talk about this. And, and I, as I, I'm studying this passage, I, I, I felt like God began to speak to my heart. And so I'd love you to stay with me and, and I'll, I'll introduce my subject a little further into the message. But maybe growing up in church, you've, you've heard us uh, as we're preaching, use different names for God. God has uh, over 900 different names in Scripture. I mean, obviously, there's the, the big three, God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit. That really is more of a, a description of, of the persons of the Godhead, the Trinity. Uh, the three are one, the one are three, and, and they're, they're, they're they're separate persons, but they're one. And I mean, it's, a, it's almost like when you try to explain it, it seems to make less sense than it does through revelation and understanding of who God is. But, but it's a powerful concept that we have a triune God and, and His powerful Father, Son, Holy Spirit alive on the earth today having an impact. But, but when you actually start to go through the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation, uh, there are different names that some of the great followers of 
God and, and some of the great believers and men of faith and women of faith, they refer to God in different ways with different names that reveal another wonder of his person. Are you, are you following what I'm saying? So uh, I'm sure you've heard uh, many times we've heard n- names uh, describing God such as Jehovah Jireh. Uh, who's our provider? Are you with me? Uh, and so these are some of the names we find in the New Testament. We find uh, Jehovah Barah, God Creator or Lord Creator. Jehovah Elyon, the Lord Most High. Uh, Jehovah Makedesh, our Sanctifier. Jehovah Nisi, our Banner. Uh, Jehovah Rapha, He's our Healer. So you might say, David, what are you trying to say? I'm trying to say these are all the names that describe God. And every time you see another aspect or another name that somebody's called God, they're really saying this is another revelation of an unfolding wonder of the very person of God. And so not only is God Savior, some people know God as Savior. You might be here and you've just given your heart to Jesus. But do you know there's actually uh, more to God than just God as Savior? There's, we see here Jehovah Rapha, He's also your healer. Uh, he's also your banner. He's also your shield and exceedingly great reward. It says uh, Jehovah Shalom, He's our peace. You might know God as Savior, but your world's in calamity. Do you know you can also know Him as God, your peace? Are you, are you following what I'm saying here tonight? Jehovah Sekendu, He's our righteousness. Jehovah Shema, His present. It's another wonder of His person. We know God's real, but sometimes we forget that maybe He's right here in our stuff. He's in our world. He's right by us. It's a wonder of His person. And, and, uh, and so tonight, what I want to do is try and, and, and in just a few minutes, uh, open up another wonder of His person by, by showing you some facets of who God is that maybe, maybe it's just... I'm sure you'd know it, but I I want you to not just know it going, yeah, I I know that, but I want you to know that you know that you know uh, that there there is a God in heaven that's supernatural, uh, that's aware of every challenge you face, uh, that's alive and real and moving in New Zealand from Whangarei to Invercargill, from Dunedin to... Some of them are swear words, I can't say them, Rotorua. But the more... We know of God, the more that we can access the virtues found in who He is. And it's, it's important we understand, often this is how God works. You, you take Jesus when He comes to the woman at the well. He says, hey, how you doing? Kid? Could you please get me a drink? And uh, so she, she's polite, yeah, I'll get you a drink. That's how I figure the well operated, by the way. <laughs> she was milking a cow, got him some milk. Get here. <laughs> So she's, she's, she's drawing water from the well, and he says, and he goes, incidentally, you know, if you drank living water, you'd never thirst again. Uh, and she's going, oh, okay, great, great. And then just starts to say, hey, if you knew who was standing next to you, and then he starts prophesying, where's your husband? She goes, mm-hmm. He goes, well, you've been uh, through five marriages, and the one you're in right now isn't a marriage. Uh, one would get the impression that she'd suffered at the hands of man. Often, sometimes we look at her as immoral. I, I, I've been studying this a little bit and also realized that maybe there's another a whole point of view that she had suffered at the hands of the men that she was with and they had rejected her and so that's a great possibility too but the bottom line is she needed a redeemer and he, he walks up to her but he doesn't just go I am Jesus repent and be made whole he, he, don't, he don't do that he just says hey can you give me a drink and then he starts to say hey let me tell you about living water then he starts asking about her world then he starts saying hey you know I'm a, you know 
you're not living in a great space, but God can do something. And suddenly she says, I've deceived you're a prophet and gets a revelation of who Jesus is. But it unfolds as she gets to know him. And as we get to know God, there are unfolding wonders of his person that I believe are, are supernatural. And I want to show you this tonight. And, and, and uh, I don't usually like to give big clumps of scripture, but I, but I just want to show you a little bit of a story in the life of Abraham. Uh, and, and, and we'll have a look at Genesis 17, maybe if the, uh, if the people operating a presenter back there uh, want to get Genesis 17 verse 1 in, in the New King James. Have a look at this for a minute. If you have a Bible, uh, turn with me. If you've got an iPhone or an iPad, turn with me. If you have a Samsung, we're going to believe at the end for provision and blessing to come into your life. <laughs> if you've got a Howie or a Howie, whatever. If you've got a Samsung 7, please leave. When Abraham, verse 1, was 99 years old, the Lord, somebody say the Lord. Now, I, I, you, you really need to know this because uh, this, is, this is quite powerful because the word Lord right there means Elohim. Somebody say Elohim. I don't want to get... Uh, I, I don't want to get too heavy. Maybe some of you are new to church, but you've got to realize the Bible was not written in Kiwi. It wasn't written in Australian. It wasn't even written in English. Uh, right here, we're looking at a text that's been translated from Hebrew. So when we see the word Lord, we go to the original language, and it could be one of these many different names of God. Always God, but an aspect of who God is is speaking in this situation. And so we see him say, I am the Lord. He, say, he says, he, he says uh, when, nine, when Abram was 99 years old, the Lord, somebody say, Elohim, there we go, appeared to Abram and said to him, I am my almighty God. So he says, the Lord appears, Elohim appears, and he says to him, I am almighty God. In the original language, that is, I am El Shaddai. Somebody say El Shaddai. Are you following me? Just stay with me. I know it's getting weird in here. Somebody's saying, you preaching in tongues? Maybe. We will, we'll never know. Uh, but we'll see what happens. He says, walk before me and be blameless. I will make my covenant with you, with me and you, and multiply you exceedingly. Then Abram fell on his face and talked with God, saying, as for me, behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be the father of many nations. No longer shall your name be Abram, but your name shall be Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. Interesting. From that moment, Sarah calls him Abraham, which has a whole different meaning. There's something powerful about speaking things over people's lives. There's power. You look in Genesis chapter 1. It says, and, and God said, let there be light. And God said, and God said. As he starts creating at the end, it, it says, and God saw. And uh, that which he had made. But did he make it with his hands? No, he did it through God said. There's something powerful. When God says things, they're made purely by the creative power of a word from God. When God tells you you're the head and not the tail, he might not be calling you father of many nations, but he calls you blessed. He calls you favored. And maybe it's time to square your shoulders and live according According to what he calls you rather than what the world around and about calls you in the name of Jesus. And anyway, he says, I'll make you exceedingly fruitful. I'll make nations of you and kings shall come from you. That's powerful. And he says, and for your wife, Sarai, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. I'll bless her. Listen to this. Now she's 90. At this point, she might be a little younger, but she's still up there. Definitely over 80. He, he, says, he, sa he says that uh, uh, I'll bless her and give you a son by her. That's an interesting thought in actual reality. The visual, you'll never, ever, ever unsee it. <laughs> she shall be the mother of nations, kings and, pe and peoples shall be from her. Now listen, verse 17. It's interesting because it's almost like we have a contradiction in scripture. 
but we don't. I'll show you why. Verse 17. Then Abram, Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said in his heart, Shall a child be born to a man who is 100 years old? And shall Sarah, who is 90 years old, bear a child? And Abram said to God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before you. So he's already trying to bring a natural solution to the miraculous promise of God. We've got to be very careful never to do that. If God promises, stop trying to naturally help him. He doesn't need our help. He, he just needs our faith. And, oh, shakamata. Anyway, sorry about that. Holy Ghost Tourette. Uh, it happens every now and then, sometimes in church. Tabernacle! Sorry about that. It's a problem. God said, No, Sarah will be, shall bear your son, and you shall call his name Isaac. I'll establish a covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and with his descendants after him. My covenant I'll establish, etc., etc., etc. Abram only knew God as Elohim. He introduces himself as Almighty God and says, I am El Shaddai. You've got to understand, he is responding with natural solutions because he only knows God as Elohim, which means God creator, God who sets the world in motion. But he hadn't yet realized that there is another facet to God and that God is El Shaddai. Uh, who, who, and the Bible talks about El Shaddai, meaning the God who is more than enough. And, and we'll go on a bit further, but he has a revelation. God introduces himself as somebody else. But until Abraham got a revelation of that, he had to make natural a supernatural plan of God. But Romans 4 tells the same story and talks about the faith of Abraham. And it says here in verse 17 of Romans 4 that in the presence of him who believed, this is what Abraham believed, that God gives life to dead and calls those things that be not as though they are. And in verse 18 it says, contrary to hope, he believed. Which is a very different account in Romans to Genesis. It goes on to say he didn't, and not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about a hundred years old, neither the deadness of Sarah's womb, and he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith and being fully convinced, verse 21, that what he had promised he was able to perform. What changed in Abram? He had a revelation of a God called El Shaddai. Somebody say El Shaddai. El Shaddai means the God who's more than enough. He is not El, El Cheapo. The God of nearly enough is not El Pobo. I don't know if that's an NZ term, it's an Aussie term. His El Shaddai, the God of more than enough. There are some things that Elohim sets in motion, and so he, he's just made it happen. It's happening under the providence of God. But there are times where we don't call on the aspect of the God who has set things in motion, but we have to tap into the God that can almost defy his own rules to make something happen. We see, you, you've got to understand, El Shaddai means a lot of things. It means a God of more than enough. And I, I don't want to be gross, or I don't want to uh, 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 be be weird, but one of the meanings of the name El Shaddai, the word Shaddai is actually the same word in scripture from where we draw the, the word breast. And so El Shaddai means the many-breasted one. And so as a, a younger communicator, I've never really been so sure as to how to approach this from a biblical fashion to share with the people of God. And so in meditating on this scripture, this is the best that I could do. Have you ever seen that mother pig? It's lying there and she's just had about 15 piglets. And she's lying there and she's got the, and I don't know what to call them in the house of God, but in the house of God, what we're going to call them is milking devices. Is that okay? So, oh Jesus, help us. 
So shit, the big mother pig's lying there with her milking devices and, 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 and you've got all the piglets there just, just tasting and see that mother pig is good and drinking. Except for that little run to the litter who's sort of going from milking device to milking device hoping to just get some kind of nourishment that the brother and sister piglets are moving them away. Sometimes I feel like we think of God a bit like that, but he's got enough for everybody else. But when it comes to me, can I tell you, El Shaddai, I mean, he, he's got enough milking devices for all of us. And uh, <laughs> if you believe it, say, I think so. <laughs> if you need therapy, we'll have an altar call at the end of the message. For, but I come to tell you, he's the God of more than enough. I mean... I mean, if he blesses you, it doesn't mean he can't bless you. If he provides for you, it doesn't mean he lacks for you. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Amen. He's a God that has everything that we ever need in the name of Jesus. He's a God whose cup runs over. I mean, he's a God who put oil in a barrel when it seems impossible. And that thing just begins to flow because his name is El Shaddai. Supernatural miracle. El Shaddai is the God who can do supernatural miracles. Out of nowhere, he's a God that can do things that we could never do. There are some things that only El Shaddai can do. In my house, there are some things that only I can do. Sometimes my wife, Donna, she comes up to me and there'll be her, some kind of jar. She's been working on the jar. She just can't open it and she gives it to me. And I step up, friend. I take that jar with brute strength and I say to Donna, sweetheart, you might not be able to do this, but El Shaddai is. <laughs> then I try and open it and can't. <laughs> I run the hot water on the tap, still can't. So when she's not looking, I break the jar and pray that no one dies. But do you know there are some things that only El Shaddai can do? El Shaddai breaks. Or, uh, uh, let me, I want to re- rephrase that. El Shaddai can circumvent laws that Elohim has put in place. Doesn't cut them off, doesn't end them, but can move through them at different speed and time because he's not found. I'll show you uh, how this works. There there is a law called gravity. If I was to step off the front of this platform, I would fall uh, to the ground and and, uh, possibly hurt myself. And it has happened before while I've been preaching. I have fallen off stages, bless Jesus. But let me say this. The Wright brothers knew that there was a law called gravity, but they tapped into a different law called the law of lift. It didn't make gravity a a non-reality, but they were able to conquer gravity by another law in operation. There's a law uh, called sin and death. There's a a law uh, that will keep you bound, but there's also a law called the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus which doesn't negate the old law, but it gives you the power to live above it and live in victory by the grace of God. There are laws that Elohim creator has set in motion on this earth that El Shaddai seems to circumvent. El Shaddai is the one that can pop on the scene and do the things that maybe in the creative, uh, sorry, sorry, in the the, uh, biological sense of how the world works in its own power, still created by the hand of God, El Shaddai can step outside of that out of time and do supernatural things. We see this all through scripture that El Shaddai uh, 
did miracles. Jesus operated constantly under the miraculous power of that El Shaddai thing. And let me give you, for instance, his first miracle. What does he do? He turns water into wine. I spoke, uh, spoken to, uh, there's a lot of uh, wineries in South Australia. And of course, none of you would know that, so you're saved by the grace of God. <laughs> you don't drink the very juice of hell itself. <laughs> except Pastor Matt Gregory, but pray for him. He's in a very troubled condition. I'm just teasing. He's a whiskey guy. So, you know... <laughs> so I've got to behave. You guys are a bit naughty. This is what you've got to understand about it. Uh, Jesus' first miracle. We go, oh, turn water into wine. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, it's actually such a, a, a picture of the ability of God, we just think, oh, he just changed one thing to another. Well, yes, he did. He changed the molecular structure from H2O to, to whatever wine's uh, molecular structure is. <laughs> and so he turns the water into wine supernaturally. And while that's an absolute demonstration of God's power, to change the very, the, the very molecular structure of things. We can draw from that scripture that if you have cells in your body that have cancer, he can change those cells. I mean, he, he, is, he is supernaturally able to reverse things. He is in control. He showed that he had authority over matter. But here, there's actually a bit more. We see El Shaddai kicks in because when you make wine, and I actually shared this with the, with, with the young people this week, when you make wine, it takes two to three years for the seed to harvest into grapes in order for the grape juice and, and, and for them to ferment. It takes three years. And so in one split second, what would take Elohim three years? Oh, shika. I'm sorry, I'm a Pentecostal. I can't help. I feel that from my head to my toe. I'm trying to behave. But, he, but here's the thing. What should have taken two to three years, Jesus said, get me a pots of water. I think somebody ought to shout because you might be, you might be needing a breakthrough that'll take time, but we serve a God who can turn things around in a, in a, in a, in a twinkling of an eye. But what they say about that wine, they said it's not just your average wine, this is the best wine. It takes five to six years to make fine wine in one second. What should have taken six years is changed by the authority of Jesus. There are some things only El Shaddai can do. This, is a, this might be the tackiest thing that you've ever heard a preacher say, but I'm telling you, my church can't stop saying it at home. I've been teaching and preaching this for, for a number of months in different ways. We say, hey, when you get to a challenge that seems impossible, that's when you throw your hands in the air and say, this one looks like a job for El Shaddai. Because there, there's some things only El Shaddai can do. We've got people in our church right now sick in their body. And I got a phone call uh, from somebody in Perth who's, who's literally right now in critical condition with cancer. And on the phone just yesterday, uh, they said to me, Pastor David, I've been listening to your messages on, on a podcast. And, and, she said, and she said she'd been listening to this message. And she said, here's what I'm telling you right now, Dave. I'm telling the doctors. I'm telling everyone around and about this one's a job for El Shaddai. And I said, man, in the name of Jesus, let it be done. Let it be 
healed by the power of God. Let those cancer cells be broken by the power of heaven in the name of Jesus. Mary, the mother of Jesus, minding her own business. I shared a little bit about this this morning. An angel of the Lord comes and says to her, you're going to have a baby. She said, how's it going to happen? And he said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the highest will overshadow you. And you know something? Generally, when it, when, when, for pregnancy to happen, there, there's got to be a biological process of, uh, of conception that takes place involving a male and a female. But how many know that she lived right? She didn't step outside of the, the law of God. And so supernaturally, she conceived because the Bible said the seed or, or the original language is actually the sperma, the seed, the reproductive power of God touched her body supernaturally. And so she was able to bring to birth uh, Jesus Christ, whose name is still wonderful, mighty God and Prince of Peace, and and brings him into this world. And and he did so many supernatural things and lives have been changed because there are some things that only El Shaddai can do. Some of you, you're facing challenges that seem impossible. Church, we got to get to a place where we say, it seems impossible, so it looks like a job for El Shaddai. I don't know about you, but I, I, I want to, I, I, I heard somebody, I don't know if they said it, I think you said it tonight, Pastor Scott, Jesus Christ, book of Hebrews, same yesterday, today, and forever. What he did 2,000 years ago on the cobblestone streets of Jerusalem, when he called out to Bartimaeus, said, son, your faith has made you whole. When he walked to the tomb of Lazarus and said, Lazarus, come forth. When he stole a kid's lunch and multiplied it. And fed five hours. It's a job for El Shaddai. And can I tell you, he hasn't changed. Some of us, we go, oh, that's great. I love reading the scriptures, seeing the miracles of God. I tell you, the same Holy Ghost who was on Jesus, the same Spirit of God who was on Jesus, descended on Jesus, is the same Spirit of God that's in this place. And you might face challenges, but let me tell you, you need to lift up your arms sometimes, lift your faith, lift your vision, lift your heart and say, Jesus, it looks like a job for El Shaddai. And I feel like Jesus says, we've got you covered by the power of God in the name of Jesus. That looks like a job. Lazarus was dead for four days. His body was starting to decompose. Jesus walks that too. He says, Lazarus, come forth. Theologians believe that he had already risen from the dead before Jesus said, roll away the stone. Isn't it interesting that sometimes what God needs us to do is not try to figure out how to raise Lazarus, but just get us to roll away the stone. Maybe it's fear. Maybe it's, maybe it's anxiety. Maybe, maybe it's, uh, you've got to roll away a stone by giving or do something supernatural and, and, and but, but God's basically saying if you do what I, uh, I tell you to do and you do what you can do that's when I do what I can do there are some things that only El Shaddai can do do you believe that on the floor do you believe that in the balcony you're a bit closer to El Shaddai up there Joshua he needed God to intervene and stop time for him to have a victory and to conquer the book of Joshua, chapter 10, tells us that God caused the sun to stand still. In reality, if the sun stood still, the rapture would happen. Because gravity, it wouldn't be spinning around the sun. Everything stops. I don't know how it all works, you know. I just live here. <laughs> <laughs> Wish I'd studied this one a little more so I could sound educated. <laughs> this one goes around that one, Pluto. And Venus. But for that to happen, there's a supernatural 
Elohim had established one rule of life, but El Shaddai was able to circumvent that and work a miracle. So Joshua, there are some things only El Shaddai can do. Moses, one of my favorite stories in the world. Moses finally convinces Pharaoh under the anointing of God to let the children of Israel out of slavery and out of Egyptian bondage. And so gets them free. He says, okay, let's, let's go and take the promised land. They go, three million of them. They're, they're ready to cross over, but they get to the Red Sea, which is a barrier from them and the promises of God. And the Bible says that Pharaoh and his army, they had buyer's remorse, and they wanted their human resource back. So they went to chase after the Israelites to bring them back into captivity. Moses had nowhere to go. All he had was a rod. He didn't have, he di he didn't, I mean, he didn't have... Bible software, he didn't have a devotional on his iPhone, he, di he, didn't have, he didn't have a boat, he didn't, ha he didn't have anything, he didn't have anything that we have today, he had a stick, I mean it was a good stick, it was a stick you could throw down, turn into a snake, and they had other sticks that had turned into snakes, so good, as far as sticks go, it was a good stick, but still friend, it was a stick, he holds it up to heaven, he didn't exactly say this, he said it different, but he said God of our fathers, God of Isaac. God of Abraham, God of Jacob, God of our fathers. Fathers, he lifts up that stick. The Bible says the wind touched the waters. If I could paraphrase and use a cheesy preacher line, Moses lifted up his stick. And he said, this one looks like a job for El Shaddai. Because there's some things only El Shaddai can do. He's got to violate gravity. He's got to dry some ground. He's got to do some things. And that water was congealed. They walked through on dry ground. And then when their enemy tried to step into that miracle, that miracle wiped out the enemy. I want to tell you, when God makes a way for you to get born again, the devil tries to get in and pull you back. But he's covered by a Red Sea. It's called the blood of Jesus. And the, and the Bible tells us the blood speaks. It'll never lose its power. It's supernatural. There are some things only El Shaddai can do. In, in, uh, in Melbourne, this is quite a few years ago now, and preaching in a church, and at this point I was not married, uh, and I'd never had any kids or, or anything like that, because I wasn't married, uh, <laughs> and I was still preaching, so uh, I was preaching in this church, and at the end of the message, I felt the Spirit of God speak to me, say, there's people here that are having trouble get, getting pregnant. And so I thought, well, that's not an issue that I uh, know anything about, so I'm just going to trust the Lord. And the Lord speaks to me and said, you need to pray for people that are in that space. So I said, okay. I said, I know I'm a young, a young man. I know that it's not probably normal for a young pastor to get up and say this, but I feel the Lord speaking to me. I said, there's people here, uh, and you're, you're married first, and, uh, and you're believing to have babies, and it's not happening. Three couples come down the front. And so we prayed. We believe God. The power of God hits them. They're on the floor under the anointing of God, and God's filling them up and touching them with the Holy Ghost and the presence of heaven upon them. And so I go, I go back to Adelaide and preach in this church. And the pastor is still a great friend of mine today, great church. Uh, his name's Rob Buckingham. The church is Bayside Church in Melbourne. And uh, Rob sends me three months later. I guess you might be able to figure out what's coming. I get a text. And Rob says, check your, check your Facebook. I sent you a message. So I get on Facebook. And have a look in the messenger, and there we have a, a whole story of one of the couples saying, hey, we just want to let you know, uh, we're delighted to announce that we are now three months pregnant, and God has supernaturally done a miracle and, and by the power of heaven. I know, it's exciting, but just, 
just wait. There's more. I get another text from him. He said, check your emails. I checked my emails. Same day, I get an email. Dear Pastor Rob, we want to let you know. Pastor Dave prayed for us. The power of God touched us. We want to let you know that we are three months pregnant. Couple number two, another one bites the dust. I'm in bed. My phone lights up. It's probably 11 p.m. My phone lights up. It's Rob Buckingham. Dave, just want to let you know. The third couple. They just let us know. Today they're three months pregnant by the grace of God. Can, can I can I tell you? The natural wasn't happening, but some things are a job for El Shaddai. There's some things that only El Shaddai can do. He can provide, he can make a way, he can turn things around. He's a river in a desert. He brings blessing when it seems impossible. Some of you are in this place, everything, all hell's breaking loose and you go, I don't know what to do. It's okay. Because right now you can say, this one's a job for El Shaddai. I gotta tell you one more story and then, then I'm gonna quit. Uh, not forever, just today. Got an email this week, but, but it was an email I was expecting. I was preaching in Charlotte, North Carolina, uh, three weeks ago, first week of the new year, and a girl comes up to me after the service. She says, are you David Hall? I said, yeah. She said, did you speak at a conference called Shabak, which is a Greek word for praise, big conference in South Carolina? I said, yeah, I did. And she said, I've been praying for you every day since that night. I said, really? And she said, yeah. I said, really? This awesome. She said, let me tell you a story. And she said, when I was born in 1993, she said, I was born a twin. I was a twin. But something went wrong. And instead of two twins growing separately, she said, uh, one twin grew inside of me. She said, I ended up with four kidneys instead of two. And she said, uh, she, she had uh, double ups of a number of those kind of organs in, in really in her, in her waterworks. And she she was saying that she had uh, the, basically, and I'm a male, I'm doing my best to be delicate, but she had all the, the wiring from the kidneys uh, and, and, and to her kidneys, but she, she didn't have the wiring to be able to go to the bathroom to, to uh, pee. And so she, she's, uh, she's a young girl, so what they do is they try to surgically create that for her. And so she was living with four kidneys and, and, and an artificial uh, means to go to the bathroom, and she... And she, as she got older, uh, the artificial urethra uh, collapsed. And so they had to rebuild it. It collapsed again. They had to rebuild it. So when she got to 13 years of age, they said, you're going to have to wear a diaper or a nappy. And so she's wearing nappies at the age of 13 all the way to 20. She could not feel the need to go to the bathroom. She just couldn't tell. And so she was totally incontinent, had no muscle strength. And so, which is a full-on story. And this girl was normal. She wasn't like some lunatic you know, just telling a random story. She was like genuinely wanting to have a chat and she was married to the music director who was part of the band that were ministering uh, that night in this church. And she says, uh, I came to this conference. And she said, uh, basically, in the, in, in the number of months after that conference, it was decided that I was going to get a catheter put through my belly button and that's how I would uh, drain myself because they said I'd never be able to go to the bathroom or never be able to hold hold in my ability to go and, and urinate. And so she, uh, she, she was in the meeting and she, she decided that what, she would go to the toilet based on when she thought she was ready to go to the loo, she would go, and, 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 but it wasn't because she felt it, she just sort of did the calculations, it must be about that time. And so she's in the service 
And I've preached the, the, the word and, and she, she's in her head, she's thinking, I, I should go to the bathroom. And so she sort of didn't for whatever reason. And I was preaching, it was a youth conference, but I felt the Spirit of God speak to me. I said, if you're sick in your body in this room right now, wherever you are, raise your hands to heaven. And she lifted her hands to heaven. I never touched her. I didn't go near her. Sometimes we give the credit to a preacher. I, I, didn't, I didn't have any recollection of praying for her and she never suggested I did. But in an atmosphere of faith, Ooh, hallelujah. So there's some things you don't get by staying at home. You've got to come to church, you know. There's something that happens when we get together, you know. And so she raises her hands to God, and she said the power of God touched her. And she said, as bizarre as it seemed, she said, I needed to pee. She could feel the need to pee, which often happens when I pray for people. Uh, no, sorry, I, sh I shouldn't have, that was the wrong time for a joke. Lord, let's not laugh, serious. So she... She goes to the bathroom and, and, uh, and she, she, she pees. I mean, I know, I know this is an unusual story and it's a little graphic, but she didn't even have the physical capacity to do that. This was two years ago at that conference. She said to me in January this year, I got the email this week, laying the whole thing out. She says to me at this conference, she said, can I tell you, I've never worn a diaper since. I've had full bladder control since by the supernatural power of God. Because there's some things, there are some things, come on somebody, there are some things that only El Shaddai can do. Some of us, we try to make natural things happen. There's times that we should just lift up our hands and say, God, I don't know how it's gonna happen. God, I don't know how I can do it. God, I've got no strength and no power. So I'm gonna put this one on you and say, this looks like a job to El Shaddai. If you believe it, give God a shout of praise. Some things that only God can do. Maybe you're in this room tonight and I wanna pray for people just where you're at. In the last couple of minutes of this meeting, all over this room, maybe there's people here. You know, I, 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 I guess I've given two real specific stories at the end, but everybody's need is different. Some of you, it's emotional. Some of you, you're, you're as lonely as anything. Some of you are so broke. You don't even know how you're gonna get by. I don't know what the problem is. I'm not trying to dwell on problems. I'm just trying to say, if you have problems, we know the answer. And his name's Jesus. It's the Holy Spirit, El Shaddai. See, sometimes we can view God as Elohim and say, well, he started it so well. He started it in power, but he's just let the world spin ever since. You gotta realize, Elohim never took his hands off what he started. He said, El Shaddai is gonna intervene when things get impossible. And can I tell you in a room like this, the God who's more than enough is in this place. And I believe there's people here, you need something from heaven. You need a miracle. On the floor, even in the balcony, why don't we all stand across this place? And you'd say, Dave, I need a miracle from God. I need something supernatural. Maybe you've got a mum or a dad fighting cancer, or you've got, maybe you're here today and your marriage is totally on the rocks and you don't even know how it's going to turn around. Can I say that? This is where El Shaddai does his best work in the stuff that's totally impossible because he knows if he does it, he's going to get the glory because we can't take it. All over this house, if you'd say, David, I need El Shaddai to step in and do some things because life's not going as, as, as maybe 
you'd hoped and you need a breakthrough. Through God, who's called the Lord of the breakthrough. And if that's you, wherever you are, why don't you raise your hands to the God of heaven and earth? His hands going all over this house, going up all over this house. Maybe you're listening on Live Link. Maybe you're watching on a archived version of this service. You're listening on a podcast. I don't know where you're at, but wherever you are, the anointing that's in this room can go wherever you are. Why don't you lift your faith and believe? Let's shift our dish to the All Things Are Possible network right now and, and believe that God is going to do something supernatural. Father, in Jesus' name, we ask you to do that which only you can do. Lord God, we know that there are those things that seem impossible, but Lord God, your word tells us that you are El Shaddai, the God of more than enough. You are Jehovah Jireh, our provider. Your grace is sufficient. And Father, right now in this place, we lift up your name. And Lord, as it is in heaven, let it be here on earth. And Father, we ask in Jesus' name, let the miracles of God fall in this place. Let healing come. Let sickness be broken. Let depression be broken. Let heartbreak be broken. And Lord God, I pray right now, whatever the situation is, do that which only you can do in the name of Jesus. And Father, we give you all the praise. We give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Come on, let's lift up a praise in this place tonight, Jesus.